five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Android Podcast, we are live. It's the football show. Barry, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Ross. Sometimes it's actually a bit annoying. We have to wait a week to do the show, but it is what it is, as you always say. I'm glad we waited. We slept on last night's football result before we did the show. Otherwise, it would have been a bit of a morbid show. Yeah. But if you are new to the Energize show, welcome. And if you're a returning Energize listener, welcome back. So, Barry, what is on today's show? Okay, on today's football show, we're going to be talking about the situation about Declan Rice playing football for Ireland, um, whether or not he's going to actually play again. Uh, also, after United's 3-0 loss last night, we're going to be discussing the situation with Jose Mourinho, Manchester United, and what is actually going to happen. And then, one of the most talked about things in the Premier League is the documentary that came out about Manchester City, and how brilliantly it was shot and produced, and everything about it, so we're going to discuss that as well. Along with all your football news, and Ross's favourite part of the show, the quick fire round on the weekend's predictions. So, sit back, relax, have the kettle ready, have your cup of tea, cup of coffee, a few beers. What else would you do? Protein shakes? Uh, green tea. Green tea, yeah. Peppermint tea, chamomile tea, all the tea. All the teas. So, we're going to start off with the Irish situation with Declan Rice taking himself out of the Irish squad and saying that he's not sure if he wants to represent Ireland anymore. Um, just a quick background on Declan Rice. He plays for West Ham United. He's only 19 years old. He's played for the Irish under-16s, under-17s, under-18s, under-19s teams. And he's also got three caps for Ireland. Now, all three caps were in friendlies. And the rules by FIFA are that if you represent a country in an international match, therefore, a competitive international match, you can't play for another country. But if you play for your country in a friendly you can play for another country. Uh, this has happened with the likes of Diego Costa, who was originally born in Brazil, but now plays for Spain. Um, Ross, where do we go from here? Because this was very disappointing for every Irish football fan across the globe. Uh, Declan Rice, he's played already three times for Ireland, and now he says he's not sure if he wants to play for Ireland anymore. Um, putting you on the spot now, bud. Go on, tell us what you think of this. I think this decision seems to be more of a financial decision than uh, anything else. It seems to be, you know, obviously English players, they go for more money, they earn more money, they tend to be known as sort of more lucrative uh, players to have on your side. Obviously you have the English home base rule where you have to have X amount of English players in your squad. Yeah. You see the likes of Man City having like Fabian Delph in their squad. Like he doesn't start every week, but they have to have him there. Because they have a quota of English players they have to have. Yeah. I almost, do you almost think that quota needs to be raised as well? Just because, like, I think it's only three. I think it's a bit more than that in the squad, isn't it? Oh, I think it's, like, three home three home youth players and five actual English players from that in the squad. And, like, obviously, West Ham were after splashing the cash this summer. And they probably could do with him being an English player as opposed to a non-English player. Yeah, but the thing is, he actually has played for West Ham the whole way through the Utes yeah. uh, and also he was actually born in England as well so I don't think he actually applies to that situation but I get where you're coming from yeah so I think it's more one of those things where 
he'd quoted saying like he he wants to play for Ireland, he enjoys playing for Ireland. Uh, he sees his country as being Ireland, and I think when you come out and say all those things and then try and switch allegiance, it doesn't go down too well. And especially between Ireland and England, people won't like that at all. Yeah, uh, I'll go back to your first point about the money situation. Uh, that's actually a very good point because we've said previously that like the likes of Robbie Brady, Jeff Hendrick, uh, even James McCarthy, they wouldn't be worth as much on the stock market or whatever you want to call it, the market in general, because they're not English. But if they're English, they would be worth, like Robbie Brady would probably be worth about 40 million, Jeff would probably be worth around 40 million, and James would probably be worth about 30 to 35 million just because of injuries they're stacking up recently. But, uh, Obviously, Declan Rice now, he has a new, he's a new agent. And his agent's obviously in his ear being like, here, you can earn more revenue by saying you're English. You know what I mean? There's more lucrative deals. Yeah, more sponsorship deals. More higher wages, just in general. Yeah. Uh, also, if you cost more, you're obviously your wages are going to be more as well. That's the thing, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no one's ever bought for 50 million and then they were on 20 grand a week. You know what I mean? So, he's young. He's 19. He's like getting a decent bit of game time for West Ham. And, you know what I mean? These are big decisions he has to make in his life. The only problem is, is has he said with the grapes in the Ireland squad that if he does decide to actually play for Ireland, will yeah. the squad reject him? Because I feel like uh, Stephen Ireland's career was very much uh, put in disrepute for the Irish squad because they didn't like him as a squad. I know, yeah. Well, that, that, that's, that's a great point to bring up, right? Any okay, we all we've all seen the amount of like passion the fans have, the players have, and what happens when people wear that green shirt and how when Ireland win, the whole country wins. Um, someone like Declan Rice now, who has he had previously been in an Irish squad, so he he got that call up and he he accepted the call. Um, now he didn't play that time when he was originally in the first Irish squad, but he still came over, so he had the choice to come or not. You know what I mean? If he wanted to play for England, he could have just waited out and been like, no. Then he comes into the Ireland squad again, gets three games. I think after the first game, you'd be like, right, do I actually want to play for these? Yes or no? And he obviously obviously said yes. Second game, do you want to play yes or no? Yes. Third game, yes. Why did he come into the squad if he was like, do you know what? I actually might play for England. Yeah, I don't understand why you'd ever, ever, ever do that. It doesn't really make sense that you've been in the squad, you've put on the green shirt at all age levels now, and then you decide to play for a different country. It's not like transferring from one team to another. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're basically deciding where your heritage lies and who who you identify, what you identify your nationality as. Yeah. It's um a very bizarre thing to happen altogether. Yeah. Now, now I know I said earlier that Diego Costa was originally born in Brazil and played one international friendly and then played for Spain now I think I think this is where the thing gets a bit of a grey area because like one game one friendly not that big of a deal but after playing three games I know there are three friendlies but Kevin Gilban said himself he goes he's after taking away three caps from three Irishmen yeah Um. the thing is like Declan Rice Yes, he was born in England and he lives in England. He's lived in London his whole life. And he's only 19. Let's not forget that as well. He's still a quote-unquote kid. A professional kid now at that. He's not He's not just uh, some guy sitting in his room playing Fortnite. But um, when he was going through the under-16s, under-17s, under-18s, under-19s, he then played his first senior cap there. And that was against... 
we won't get any help from me on this one. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> no they, remember they, I remember they played France, they played America, and they played someone else first. But um, after he played his, made his first cap, he then flew out and to the under-21s or the under-19s, I'm not 100% sure, but he went out and played for them in the European qualifier the next day. And he was the captain yeah. as well. And the thing is... Like, that's a lot of dedication to someone who you don't represent. Yeah. And the, even the way like his dad was at his first game saying how, how happy he was for Declan to be playing for Ireland. And then who else did he have? He had... Um, he, like, he went out of his way then to go to play for the under-19s, under-20s, under-21s, whoever it was. But how could you have that much passion and then be like, oh, do you know what? I actually might play for a different country. It's a, it's a very, very strange situation. And it's one that these blurred lines need to be covered now. Um, it's it's almost sort of sad in a way because, like, yes, Jack Grealish was playing for Ireland and he went through the youth levels and then decided to play for England. I mean, he hadn't already played for the senior team, so he can't really give out to him, you know what I mean? But Declan Rice now, he's after doing something that Irish fans will definitely not forget. Um even James McLean put up a, a picture on his Instagram with, with a picture of him kissing the Irish crest with the Irish flag. Basically, you know the, who that was aimed for. That was yeah. obviously towards Declan Rice being like, you're either green or you're nothing, you know? Yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's And it's not actually... A lot of people brought up the Jack Grealish situation as well. And it's not actually the same. Because Grealish, he hemmed and hawed about playing for Ireland. He decided he was playing for England and that was it. He never put on the international jersey and wore it. At international level, I don't think it's great playing at youth level for one country and then moving and playing for another. I personally don't agree with it. It's not something that I'd ever consider the right thing to do. Now, now, in, like, fair, now in fairness to that, some people have done that and then come play for Ireland. You know, I know, yeah, but I, I, I personally don't think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. But then again, I look at some people who are like had the opportunity to play for Ireland and like they're like in the championship and like no, no, I'm gonna wait and get an England call up. And I'm just like, yeah, but. You're never going to play international football. Yeah, exactly. Actually, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting there going, no, 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 that's not going to work. I mean, but like, there's a, a strong contingent from the Irish football team that are born in England. There is, yeah. Um, Can't deny that. And it, it is what it is, but at, at the end of the day for Irish football, I mean, I don't want someone coming playing for Ireland unless they actually want to be there. I know, same here, man. But like, the fans want that as well. You know mm. I mean? The fans, like... The, if, you have, if you've ever been to an Ireland match or if you're an Irish abroad and you haven't, it costs a lot of money to go to these friendlies. Like, and like, you're not even getting the best results or, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a lot of money for this it, sort of stuff. And then to see that players don't even want to play for you, it's a, it's a, puts a very sour taste in your mouth. I, I also think it's because he's such a talent as well that people are, are even more frustrated about it. Because like, him and Shane Duffy in centre-half seemed like a very, very good partnership. True. But the, the thing is as well about him is he's not even... like Say if England called him up he wouldn't even be guaranteed to start it's not no. even as if like he's potentially the next England captain no. I, I think he's going to be a borderline like maybe even not like a Kevin Nolan who got like one cap but someone who got very little caps I see that being his thing like maximum 20 I don't see him getting over 20 caps in his career for England whereas he could become an Irish legend Yeah, I also don't think he's in the top 20 best centre-backs England have at the moment yeah. like if you, if it like if it, if Gareth Southgate was to pick pe- centre half pairings you know I mean he'd probably be in you know the 10th pairing you know what I mean yeah but look at like Harry Maguire uh, Joe Gomez like they're ahead of him 
he's also playing for West Ham, who haven't even got a point this year as well. Yeah, uh, like not only that, like you know, what I mean, you have uh, John Stones, you have uh, Lascelles at Newcastle. Like even Smalling or Jones would still be picked ahead of him. You know, what I mean, yeah. all these players are a mile ahead of him. You know, even like someone like Callum Chambers is probably ahead of him in the pecking order. You yeah, know, what I mean, true. It's just one of those things where he's not. As uh, sought after as you might think, like someone like Alfie Mawson would be ahead of him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you can basically name any centre half who starts. Like Dunk, Tarovsky, Ben Mee. Like these lads are all way up the pecking order ahead of Declan Rice. It's not like Declan, like England are like here. We want you to start beside Harry Maguire in the next game. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, like Gareth okay I don't think has even been asked a question on it. Yeah. What what you make of the way Martin O'Neill actually came out and told the press that this was the actual situation? Like Martin O'Neill could have came out and been like, "Oh, he's injured," or "Oh, he has a a wedding that weekend," something like that. You know what I mean? But he literally put it out there, being like, "Here, look, Declan Rice is is turning us down right now." Mm. And the thing is, like, I think he's forcing Ham one way or the other, isn't he? What, what you mean? As in, like, he's gonna have, Declan Rice is gonna have to side one way or the other. What's what's he doing? Yeah, but he, yeah, I know. Yeah, but how is there even a, a decision to be made? He's already made his decision. He came and played three times, kissed the badge. You know what I mean? Mm. No, had, I, had a point. I, had a point to Guinness. Well, no, I personally agree with you. Like, I, I, I think like here, look, you put on the green jersey, you say you want to represent Ireland, then represent Ireland. Yeah. I, I don't see the. For me, the decision has been made. Yeah. You, you said you want to play for Ireland. You put on the green jersey. Just play for Ireland. Yeah. Well, like, like, if you have a kid, you can't, after a couple of weeks, you can't be like, ah, actually, you know what? Put it back in. I don't want it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and if his agent's any good, if his new agent's any good, he'd be like, here, look, throw me under the bus. Say, I told you to hold off and make the decision. I was trying yeah. to arrange a deal for you. Didn't work out. You always want to play for Ireland. I was trying to convince you of the words. Say it was my fault. You know what I mean? Like, he needs to, like, Pass the book because you can't come back and be like, "Oh, I was considering it." Because then Irish fans took him like, "Ah, oh, well, fuck off." Anyway, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, but where's this puff loyalty in football? Like we discussed, that is loyalty almost gone. But doing this now, it's sort of like, where is the loyalty? You yeah, know? changing where you're from is like yeah. a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> it's like imagine you don't see Conor McGregor going like, "Oh, the, oh, I could earn loads more money if I said it was American." Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it, this doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is now, he Declan Rice is obviously in some dodgy situation now. Like he's obviously at home now, getting tweets from the Irish fans being like, "Don't bother playing for us." Do you know what I mean? It's like obviously some Tom Dick or Harry has email tweeted yeah. him or sent him a message saying that this is where it gets really, really, really sticky situation because like, what happens now? Does he come back after a few weeks and be like, "Do you know what? I actually am going to play if he's, you know, what I mean, as if he's doing us a favor." Yeah. Or are you better off being like, "Here, do you know what, man?" It's it's okay. We don't need you. You know what I mean? Because realistically, I know Ireland haven't got an abundance of players, but knowing that every player that's on that pitch wants to play for the country is way more important to me. I'm sure nearly everyone who's a fan, rather than just having a better player who's not ours playing. Mm. I think one problem at the moment is our squad looks terrible at the moment. So therefore, he probably looks at the squad and goes, "Geez, I'm I'm probably the best player in that that's squad." That's the thing. That's the problem, you know isn't it? I mean? Yeah. And he's like, "I'm 19. I'm the best player in that squad." Like, do yeah. you want to be the best player in the squad at 19? So he probably looks at the squad and goes, oh, I looked him into, like, for the first time in ages, like, there's, like, League One and Air Tricity players playing this yeah. league. And he's probably like, oh, I played with 
you know, world class players each week. Yeah. He's, he's yeah, but the thing is, he's also only getting all this recognition because he's played for Ireland. If he was mm. still just English and played in the West Ham Youth Academy, probably wouldn't have gotten as many games no. or uh, even be talked about or even rec- in the consideration of being called up for England as well. Yeah, because so, now he's the international. Yeah, and now he's being he's almost used Ireland in a way as well. But like I feel technically used, not yeah. abused now, but I'm sort of like. I don't want any player coming over being like, like Sheena Fina for hoi hoi, and then like, all right, see, God save the Queen, lads. Yeah, or, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think he should be there whatsoever. Like, what can he go now and play like three games for Scotland and go? No, I'm not Scotland. Three games for Wales and go. No, not Wales. And be like, oh England. Okay. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, but same thing. If some player went over and played for England for three games, or even more or less, it doesn't. And then they decide to play for Ireland. I'd be like, "What's this fella doing as well?" I wouldn't like. It's not just the Irish team. I think like every team should have have a like. You're either part of the team or you're not. Like he could be could be in the Ireland squad, getting that information, and then say if Ireland play England in one in an important game, he'd be like, "Well, lads, this is what Martin O'Neill wants to do." So. You know what I mean? And he's obviously only going to keep that information to himself. I guarantee you, if Ireland had to play England soon in any type of match, uh, that he'll be calling to that England squad and be like, right, give us all the information. And obviously, he's going to tell them the information yeah. as well. So that's, that, that almost makes me feel like I don't want to see him play for Ireland again. But I also don't want to be like, so like, no, you're not allowed to play for Ireland again. Because if he scores the winner for us the same way Robbie Brady did against Italy, I'm going to be cheering as well, you know? So... Yeah, but it's one, those, it's one of those things also that if he score, ever scores a goal for Ireland, like the whole country will absolutely love him. As opposed to if he plays for England, like he's just going to be another number on the pitch. Yeah. Because no one ever goes, we love John Stones. You know, I mean, John Stones scored a goal in the World Cup, but like people forget that. Yeah. I suppose if Robbie Brady scores a goal, he scored a goal in the World Cup for Ireland, like people never forget. Yeah. It's all because England got to that World Cup semi final as well, and he's just like, yeah. I could break into that. You know what I mean? Whereas maybe he thought, he thought like, like, as a footballer, you need goals and goals and goals. Not literally, but like make the first team, then get a call up. Whereas now at nineteen, he's already got three caps for Ireland. He's already like semi made it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's he's on the squad sheet each week for West Ham. Whether he starts or not, I don't know. But like, he's on the squad sheet. Yeah. Well, the situation is now. You said earlier, what what's going to happen now if he gets called up? And like, what what way do you think the Irish team are going to treat him? Because you know the way James McLean is like a serious, serious person in that change room, and he's not going to take to it well. I can't see people like Shane Duffy taking it well. Seamus Coleman, you know, what I mean, where where? Imagine Roy Keane was in that squad. Oh, Roy Keane would, would tell him to get his own bus. But um, what 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 way do you think this is going to affect the Irish squad if he does get called in? You know what I mean? Because this is obviously what they're going to be talking about. Over he's the going to have to, like, I think. I think the only way it is, he's going to have to stand up and like say a few words to the lads and be like, "Here, look, this is what happened. This scenario. Here, look, I'm here. I'm here to give my all for the team." You know what I mean? He's going to make have to make them believe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And do you want to see him in the squad again, or do you not want to see him in the squad again, or you know what I mean? What, look, what he's a very good of? player. I'd rather see him play than not see him play. Okay. But. There's nothing we can do to make sure he does play. You know what I mean? Uh, it is what it is, and he's just gonna have to make his decision. And I, I don't think I'll know how I feel until I know his decision and see what he says when he makes it. I feel like by having this decision to make, he's already made his decision that he's gonna go to England. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to be sitting here being like, "Look, if he comes back into the Irish squad, well done, clap him on." Because I have a feeling he's gonna go to England, so I should already be like, "No, man." Yeah. Yeah, I feel like. Why isn't he pulling on the jersey for a fourth time, sort of thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
that's really disappointing. Let us know what you think about yeah. the situation as well, because uh, is that going to be a new thing where people are going to be like, is someone going to be the first player to pay for three different countries? Yeah, you know I mean, like that seems to be like a new availability. The, that, yeah, if that's yeah, because we're in the entertainment era. He's yeah. in he's the most popular footballer West Ham right now. You know, well, yeah. if nothing else, talk about Bar losing all the games. But definitely, let us know what you think about the Deck and Roy situation, because. Uh, would you be happy to see him back in the green of Ireland or do you want to never hear his name again associated with the team let us know because it's very 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 interesting uh, right we're going to move on to the Manchester United situation Manchester United lost 3-0 to Spurs last night um, shout out to Stephen Tierney for making his way over to the game uh, you got a decent first half but uh, you should have went home at half time but um, United lost 3-0 at the end of the game Marino went over and started clapping the fans it looked it looked very I'd never seen something like that before. Almost as if he was like clapping them goodbye. Would you agree with that, Ross? Um, I, I I think he was more so saying he was happy that the fans stayed to the very very end. He said like not many other teams fans would do that, and he that's what he was saying after the game. And he was like, "We are united. Like we're united as a team. We're united as a club." Um, to me, that's just words though, because when I look at that team playing together, there is no unity. There's no the bond doesn't seem to be there. The players aren't putting in the performances they should be. I think Manchester United as a club are in disarray at the moment. Yeah. Um whatever player they seems to bring in doesn't seem to work. Yeah. Um and like <laughs> Mourinho's been there three years now and he he says he still doesn't know what his best back four is. He doesn't know what his best starting lineup is. When I looked at that team team that was playing against Spurs this week, I was like, he has five midfielders on. I've no idea which way they're gonna line up. I was like, the only one who I know is going to line up is Manchester's going to probably be defensive. Who knows what the other four are going to do. Herrera and, was playing centre-back. Yeah, Herrera was moving into the defence. Uh, and obviously Lukaku was up front. And I was just there going, what is going on? And the first half was very entertaining. It was probably the best football Manchester United have played all season. But that's only three games, so it doesn't really say much. Yeah. Uh, and Lukaku missed an open goal. And I was like, oh my God. Because if he scored that, obviously it would have been a different result. Yeah. Because it would have been 3-1. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was like Obviously it would have changed the game But Manchester United When they go goal down They just don't really look like They have it in them To come back and win the game yeah. Not like Manchester United As of old I know It's uh, it's just so Disappointing watching Man U Like my first ever love Right Was Obviously barring my parents But it was Manchester United It was just like Looking at a team Of, of players like passionate about the badge and would put a hundred percent in all the time, and like that's what like I aspired to do with like stuff that I was doing as I was growing up, being like put it all in or else don't even bother. And then you look at this United team, and you're sort of like the average wage of all these lads is probably around, roughly around one hundred and twenty thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week. And I'm sort of like, which one of them guys is actually earning their living? Like, who's actually deserving of their paycheck? And it, it's it's sad to say, but it only seems to be David de Gea and anyone else really, in your opinion. No, like I thought Luke Shaw played well against Spurs, yeah. but I can't really say he's earned his living like what one two two good games since yeah the like what over three yeah. years. Well, it's uh, like not good enough. I don't think Fred's been dreadful, but like he lost a ball a good bit. Well, uh, we'll just start at the goalkeepers, right? First of all, De Gea definitely earns his paycheck, yeah. right? And then Romero, when he comes in, does very well as well. Yeah. Okay. Then if you go to the defense, 
Don't forget Lee Grant, man. He had a great preseason. Lee Grant had a very good preseason. So our third best player is Lee Grant, who's in goal as well. But uh, if you look at the defense, like I know Valencia's done well over the last few years, but like still not overly amazing. Uh, yeah. Put no, it this way, no one's trying to buy him. No, no, they're not. Uh, no centre back at Man U has been consistent over at least five games, which is when you look at like Virgil Van Dijk for Liverpool, or you look at Vincent Company when he's not injured. Like you're, you're sort of wondering what's going on here. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. No, the the, yeah. the centre halves are so erratic. Yeah. Like Phil Jones, Lindelof, Smalling, Rojo, but they they all like lunge in when they don't need to lunge in, and they cause needless errors at all times. Makes yeah. David Hayes life very difficult. Then possibly our best outfield player of the year last year, Ashley Young's not even a left back, and then. Luke Shaw is pushing him out of the team, so we're almost replacing our best outfield player with another with another best outfield player. Then, if you're looking at midfield, I mean, like the the there's talent to say the least, but like no one's really being exceptional. Uh, Maddich has been solid, I'd say. Um, Pogba, like you literally don't know what you're going to get. You're either going to get a world class Paul Pogba, which comes only comes out once a month, or else like a pub team Pogba that comes out three times a month. Then, uh, like, Fred's only new, so you can't really say anything about him. Flaney, like... It, He's the laughing stock of the Premiership. It's just such a joke to be the biggest club in the world, especially on the Stock Exchange, and knowing that your plan B is Marwan Flaney, who people, like, put their ha- hands in their f- their faces when he comes on the pitch. And no offence to him, but because he's being told to play. And, like, sometimes he comes up with the goods, but this is Manchester United. This isn't uh, Sutton United. Uh... Then if you look at the wingers, like who's actually providing anything really? Like Mata tries hard, too slow. Sorry, man, but like Martial, talent to burn, talent to burn, just as much talent as Rashford. And the two, those two lads can't play three games in a row and do well the whole time. It's just so bizarre. And then Lukaku, you just don't know what you're getting with him. Like even, even when he gets an open goal, he misses. And you're sort of like, if that was Harry Kane, if that was Dwight York, if that was Vinisteroy. Like, I mean, Vinisteroy needs to have more kids and then United need to sign them all. The most natural goal scorer ever. It's just, uh, look, even the way I forget Alexis Sanchez is probably on the most money out of everyone. And, like, he's been so inconsistent as well. It's as if he has, like, an arsehole tattoo underneath, on, his, on his chest. It's just, uh, this isn't just Mourinho's fault. Now, he's definitely the manager and you can definitely blame him. But the thing is, people like Ed Woodward are just uh, not doing so, uh, their job correctly and it's really trickling down mm. into the core of Manchester United and it's re- it's it's just making it so hard to watch them that it's actually disappointing. Ross said there off the air that off the air that uh, after we went 3-0 and United you know, looked like they had no bite that he wanted to turn it off. I even sent it into our WhatsApp group being like, lads, there's 35 minutes left, we're 2-0 down. And there's no fight. There's just no passion to get back into it. How how can this be fixed? Because I don't think like any signing, even if we got Ronaldo in or Messi in, I don't think that w- well maybe Messi, but like I don't think that would like make us play differently. It's the way we play. Yeah, but even look at Argentina. What's well, called? They have Messi and like they're crap. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. like like yeah, I think it's our style of play. Like the build up is always too slow. Yeah, it gets about like just inside the opponent's half. And then we stop. Yeah, we were actually ranked twentieth out of twenty for the for the build up to a goal. So we're the slowest team in the league at attacking. I'm not surprised. Like it's it's terrible football to watch. Yeah, it's very 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 slow. Um, and like we're basically, it looks like we have to beat about four defenders to get the ball 
for a shot on goal. You know yeah. what I mean? And like no one on our team even takes yeah. on defenders. It's so it's so mind boggling because like if you look like Man City, like they do amazing. Uh, I know Spurs were sort of nullified in the first half, but they came out and put on a show in the second half. And then like if you look at Liverpool, I don't see how this. Like how Marino, you see, Mourinho's also very, very stubborn because he didn't get the players he wanted, and now he's just sort of like, right, I'm going to play this way to be like, you should have invested in me. I think Ed Woodward should have given him the money to buy players. Maybe these like Alderville deals or like uh, Boateng or even like if he really needed Harry Maguire, that probably should have just been sorted. But uh, it's the 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 way we play is the most disappointing because, yeah. like, if you look at the likes of Wolves who are playing amazing football and their players aren't. They don't have to come up from the championship. And United are Manchester United, you know? Yeah, I mean? where's the sexy football lads? Lads, where's like Where why are we playing the plain <laughs> why are we playing the plain Jane football? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's just I don't see why they don't play a different way. It's almost like like the great thing about Alex Ferguson was he like he evolved as a manager and he started doing like four four apart from four four two, went for like four three three and it just was way more creative. Whereas like Mourinho's almost like I'm playing this way and that's it and Fellaini's the plan B and that's it and it's sort of like not one Manchester United fan left that stadium last night being like I want us to play like that for the rest of the season I know last week I was like here do you know what he should go to go but the thing is like I don't like I actually don't even like we played this way with Van Gaal we played this way with, like Moisey as well it's sort of like come on like okay, let's get a manager who like almost wants to play five up front so at least you have if Mourinho's going to get fired, he may as well like go for it then. You know, yeah. I mean, there's no point of being shot dead, like and like throw the gun away and wait to be killed. Go out and kill everyone else, and then just take the bullet then yourself. You know. Yeah, Mourinho's almost like hand that over the gun, turn around, get on his hands and knees, and be like, "Roy, whenever you're ready, there, bud." Yeah, 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 yeah. Whenever yeah. you're ready, yeah, um, yeah. But th- it was just the way we we're playing, even over the last three games, even against Leicester, we weren't that impressive at all. We almost parked the bus, but um. It, there's there's not just one quick fix like if say if Edward Edward uh, Ed Woodward goes what's that going to fix like if Marina goes that, what's that going to fix if Pogba goes what's that going to fix it's not one problem it's multiple problems from the from the team up yeah I almost think like come January take get three of those centre halves out get two new ones in get a right back you know what I mean have the sense defence ordered and like then at least and then just tell those attackers that they can actually go and attack. Yeah. I feel like that could be the problem. That the midfielders are like, they know how def- how dodgy the defence is that they have to put in such a defensive shift themselves. Well, although we, then, although like, we had a great defensive record last year though, you know what I mean? I know, yeah, but like, it's just that level of dodginess is frightening. You know what I mean? I know. It's just unbelievable. It's literally unbelievable. Maybe these, some of these players aren't big enough for the club. Also, like, I think football has evolved, and I was watching Small last night, and he doesn't look comfortable on the ball. No. And neither does Phil Jones. They don't look like Phil Jones. Like did like a crotty kick at the ball at yeah, one stage he, last night. I was like, really, what is he doing? He doesn't really seem like a footballer, doesn't he? Like, no, he, just, he, he seems probably couldn't uncoordinate. Yeah, he probably couldn't do any keepy uppies. He'd yeah. get, get like five, and he'd be like, "Oh, there's there's my record, lads." But um, what what? As we know with Mourinho, he tends to have like third year syndrome and leave after three years or something happens. But uh, if you're going to get Mourinho in, like every, you know that you're going to have to buy Mourinho players. Yeah. Like like who has he really developed ever? Nothing really like comes to amazing mm. like comes to mind. But um, it's just a really weird situation because say if he left and we got Zidane in Zidane I know he's won three Champions Leagues but he's never had to like come back from adversity and like anytime Mourinho's had to come back from adversity he's like never actually come back from it he's left um, 
what are you sort of expecting now until January? Because obviously something's going to happen in January because, like, we're, we're not blind. Everyone's not blind. They can see what's going on. And the United fans are going to get bored of watching shit football, man. At the end of the day, it's shit football. Like, if you're watching a shit fight, you change the channel. If you're watching a shit match, you change the channel. Just because it's Manchester United, it's making it very hard to support. You see, it's sort of like... Say if... You, Say, say us two are sitting here, right? And then we're doing the show every week, blah. And then every night you go out in the dark and you kill people. It's very hard to support you doing that, you know what I mean? Even though I like it. Same thing with Man U. They're going out and underperforming and making me so bored that it's hard to be like, yeah, looking forward to the next game, you know what I mean? Yeah, watched, I'm looking forward to that match finishing rather than the, the next game. Yeah, I've watched, I watched four years of terrible football. Yeah. So, like, it is, oh, it's just, it is just terrible. Um, really, so I think <laughs> this year is going to be like a roller coaster. I feel like this is our Van Green Van Gray year, as a Man United yeah, fan. Yeah, it seems like that. And like, just City keep on progressing, progressing, and we keep on declining. Yeah, and it's like not a good way to be. And I know it's a bit weird to say we keep declining, but like the level of football or the skill level of football we play is definitely declining, and yeah, City's just improving at all times. Yeah, I think. That, let us know what you think about the Manchester United situation as well. But um, I think that perfectly runs us into the Manchester City documentary. Um, we discussed it last week, just bringing up that it actually came out. Now, as you know, myself and Ross both support United, if you couldn't tell. Yeah. And um, I was I was after watching Hard Knocks, the NFL documentary. Like, watch that, it's unbelievable. And then I was like, right, I'll give Man City a look and see what the story is. And first of all, it's like eight 30 to 40 minute episodes. And it's shot so well. And you get to see so much in depth from things like players' injuries, uh, the board discussing what players to get, um, the lives of the players, uh, like the pre-match tactics, post-match tactics, everything. It's unbelievable. I, I sent it to Ross and I was like, Ross, you have to watch this. And you couldn't believe how in-depth they were, they were getting. And it was absolutely brilliant. You have to check it out. But um, the team camaraderie that Manchester City have there is absolutely frightening. It's something that you'd swear that Manchester United had back in 99. And you can tell that... Manchester United wouldn't have that now. Um, Ross, what do you make of the documentary itself? And um, would you like to see more teams do this? Um, I'm only about halfway through it, but like straight from the offset, you can see that the team bonding between them is absolutely frightening. Like, yeah. would you, all, sorry to excuse you, uh, interrupt you. Would, would you have thought they were all that good mates beforehand? No, I wouldn't, because like everyone just goes, "Oh, City, that team's bought." You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like a lot of people on high wages. And I was just looking at the malls, and I, I was saying, and it was actually interesting to see. Like, I saw Mendy, and you see Mendy on social media, and you obviously think he is one of the key, he's one of the big personalities yeah. in the changing room. But then, like, you see someone like Fabian Delph is a big personality in the changing room. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting to see, like, company, because he wasn't, like, fit the whole time. And you can see, like, he's trying his best to get back, and he's trying his best to be fit and healthy all the time. Yeah. Uh, th- and, like, they think Kevin De Bruyne is the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I would too if he was on my team, but. Yeah. Uh, they were just like when he scored that winning goal against Chelsea, and they were like, "Oh, Kevin the bro." I was like, "Oh my yeah. god!" I was like, "Where's like Paul Pogba scoring the goal? We all cheer for him." You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it just—they just look like an absolute brilliant team. Pep Guardiola is so passionate about the job he yeah. does, and like you can just see, he is the best manager in the world. Yeah. Joe really stood out for me. Pep came across as an absolute genius in this as well. Yeah. Uh, something that I don't think Mourinho would be on par with. As hard as that is to say, but everyone knows Pep's a genius. But there was one thing that really stood out for me in the documentary. Uh, you can tell me afterwards. Yeah. You talked talk it out for you as well. But um, David Silva was having problems with his 
wife with the the baby they had a premature baby and like he's obviously been there for so long and everyone loves yeah. him because he's amazing and then he had to like not be there for one of the games and then Pep Guardiola before a match just, like sat them all down being like shouting being like I want you to fucking win this for David Silva and his wife and his family and then like everyone was like yeah yeah and I was like I was like Jesus like that's how you get a team yeah. rolled up yeah no exactly you know, I've, I've seen it done before where um, I think it was a, I think it was Ian McGeegan he was he was manager of the Lions in the rugby oh, right. I, I don't know if his name right but like what he did was he like read out the press articles from the team before being like they say you can't do this they say you can't do that you I mean you have to prove them wrong and I think like there's just certain ways to motivate your players to the next level and I think Pep is probably the best man manager the Premier League's ever seen he like knows how to get under his players skin what about and get them going but like see with Ferguson we've never actually seen it I know oh, that's got, the team yeah you, you know what I mean you, like, you hear about it but yeah. you don't actually see it yeah different you know time what I mean? Pep, Pep kind of comes across as if he's friends with them whereas yeah. uh, Ferguson uh, almost like led by fear yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but he had Keno as well yeah. to be like yeah. hey, you know what I mean like Manchester United changing room you were like as long as Keno and Fergie don't look at me I'm doing grand <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean as opposed to Pep's like give me more yeah. give me more yeah. he just wants more from his yeah. players at all times yeah uh, what stood out for you, for, for you the most in the documentary so far? Uh, just like how deep into like the tactical sessions Man City go in all the time. I was like, wow, well, because like sometimes I go, geez, I could be a football man. You know what I mean? Yeah, when yeah. you see that, it's just like, and like they're talking about football on such a high level that I'm like, geez, that's like talking about science, and I don't understand it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like next level of tactician, and then like <laughs> you know what I mean? They're discussing tactics and like how to beat Liverpool, and they were saying like here, look, their front three is flyingly good. Like this is how we're gonna have to defend against them. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm sitting there going, oh Jesus, like that's like. They're, it's funny because they're actually going to play against those players, and like I, I look at those players and go, geez, it'd be great to see them live. You know what I mean? They, they get on the pitch and they play against them, and it's it's just. So good, and then to see Mendy come back this year and see how good he's been, you know what I mean? You can see it was such a key loss, and the way they talk about like Mendy's going to be out, and we might need to buy, we might need to go back into the market and get a new player. And I'm like, oh, it's such a, like a well-run business. But, yeah, they, but one thing that they understand that I feel like Manchester United are not understanding is yeah. that like they need to be winning. Winning is the key thing. People buy when teams win. You know what I mean? If you just keep on winning. Your business to go well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no one ever wants. Like, to put it this way, if I started looking at the football, if I start watching EPL when I was living in America tomorrow, I'd be like, who's won the league in the last five years? Mm. Then I'd probably watch those five teams and go, or, well, there's only three teams over the last five years, and be like, Right, Sportman City. They see, yeah. they they play nice football. Yeah. You know what I mean? I 100 agree. If I only started watching Premier League last five years, I'd support City just based on. First of all, that documentary is going to get them so many more uh, fans. Yeah. Just like the in depthness, uh, how like real it was. I feel like Mourinho's always putting on this act. Like he could be on like Fair City or like some other soap acting. Whereas like Guardiola is all passion and heart. Same thing sort of a Klopp. Like you get to see the the backgrounds of the families. Uh, what it's like to be like some of these players moving to England and then like having a family there and living the life it's so in depth that you're, you actually like grow a fondness to them I think even the way from us doing the show I've been more like open to teams where I used to be like I hate Liverpool I hate Man City all that sort of shit but now I'm real like I, I have nothing but like respect for those teams the way they play football and how like we're not getting out of our own thing it's almost like you have a girlfriend and she's just not even trying anymore with you and then you have these other girls that are like all better, right. better looking and more flirty yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they're like also like you, you're staying over tonight you know what I mean but uh, 
back to football. But um, yeah, it's just a, it was such a really good, like amazing documentary. I'm only just over halfway through, which is a, a couple of hours in now. But it's, I'm sort of like, right, this has to be done with Manchester United now next. Because I have to see what the fuck is going on in that team. Because they're not telling us what's going on. And they're lying to us. That's the thing. We're being lied to as Man United fans. What's actually going on. He's like, everything's grabbing me in Ed Woodward. Pogba's happy. Look at him dabbing there doing his laces. Like, I need yeah. to know exactly what's going on there. And I, 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 like, obviously watching that documentary with Man City, they're always winning. So it looks great. Yes. But I'd also be just as interested in seeing like one of the worser teams or any team like their documentary as well I think they, that should be introduced into football um, full stop same way Hard Knocks like Hard Knocks the NFL documentary series yeah. that comes out for the one of the worst teams so like therefore to build up their brand and get more of an audience so they should do that with either some of the worst teams in the league or else move on to United mm. next or even Liverpool next because Liverpool have an amazing history as well yeah, I I think one thing that's important for the two of us is that like we are football fans, we are massive Manchester United fans, but we're not we're not delusional either. You know what I mean? Like we say what we see, and what we see is Manchester Manchester City and Liverpool are doing phenomenal right now. Yeah. Spurs like ran over Manchester United the other day, and like Manchester United are in big trouble at the moment. And that's that, they're just the facts. And enjoys with the facts. But uh, is there anything else you want to say about the documentary? I can't like I'm I can't no, wait I to finish it, but I also want to, don't want to finish it. Yeah, because they finished with them in the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. I have, uh, by the way, I haven't gotten to the part when Man U beat them 3-2. Oh, I haven't seen that either. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see that. But, uh, look, it is, it's a great documentary and it's... Well worth the watch. Well yeah. worth the watch. Yeah. It's well worth watching. Regardless watch. who you support. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in checking it out, make sure you check it out as well. And also, uh, give us a shout out for sending it in that direction. But uh, I think we should move on to other football news as well. From the week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first things first. Hugo Lloris was caught drink driving on Friday. Then kept a clean sheet for, against Man U on Monday. So do you think he's going to do this every week? Or what do you think about <laughs> this? I, I personally didn't think he was going to be picking the squad, to be honest. Uh, yeah. But he was. They stuck by him. And look, obviously it's absolutely disgrace with drink driving. You should never do it. Yeah. Uh, especially when you're a professional footballer. You can afford a taxi. So like you have absolutely yeah. zero excuse to do it. Um, look... I don't know what's going to happen, but he, he'll he be rightfully punished and rightfully so. I'm surprised the league actually let him play, to be honest. I know. I, I just can't believe this. He won the World Cup. He was the captain of the World Cup team. And then he goes and does that. That's absolutely outrageous. Um, it's disgraceful. He has no excuses. That's just it. Yeah. There's, no, there's not much you can say it. about it. That's it. And we don't support anyone who does that as well. Yeah. Um, also, Ronaldo scored the goal of the year, the UEFA goal of the year, when he scored that bicycle against Juventus. Uh, Ross... You score them every day in the back garden, but uh, obviously never saw me uh, score that goal on the five side when it took when I rang the pitch as the goalkeeper. But like you know, bar my bitterness over that, it it was the best goal of the year. It was the best boys kick was, yeah. I've ever seen. Probably second place would be Gareth Bale's boys kick in the Champions League final. Yeah. But uh, they're both absolutely phenomenal goals. Yeah. Uh, then if you're part of our Energize League and fancy football, Ross is coming a solid fifteenth. And I'm coming a mid-table 26th. Uh, very energised. Also, uh, Jamie Vardy retired from international football there. Along with uh, Cahill. Yeah, so fair play to them. Yeah, who, who do you think had a better ring in career? I almost think Jamie Vardy's story is a better story, so therefore I'd say him. Yeah, they're still trying to make a movie about that Jamie yeah. Vardy story. And then, um, what else is going on here? Uh, we're also saying that in the Premier League, the team with max points is Watford, Chelsea, Liverpool and Spurs. Uh, you can only really say that Watford are the most surprising team there, aren't you? 
Yeah, great, uh, great results so far, and they've won fairly convincingly as well. So fair play to Watford. Yeah, your man Pereira. Yeah, he's got three goals so far. Yeah, he's banging them in. Three goals, three games. It's amazing how, like, no matter who you are, if you're that confidence, you're going to do well. He's the new Decore. Remember Decore started last season, he scored all the goals for Watford. Um, yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah, Decore, is it? But, uh, do you have anything to say about the f- football before we go into the fixtures of this week? No, I think uh, we're just going to do the quick fire round and yeah. sum it up. Okay. Uh, first things first It's Tuesday today There's Carabao Cup Second round on And Champions League Qualifying playoffs Today and tomorrow So Tuesday and Wednesday uh, Then on Thursday There's actually Europa League playoffs as well Yes Keep an eye out for all them Yeah But the first game Of the Premier League This week is Super Saturday Leicester City takes on Liverpool at half 12 Ooh, That's a rough one um, I'm going to say a draw Two all draw yeah. I think a score a draw Yeah Oh, I'm just going to go Liverpool, man. Salah is on four. Uh, then three o'clock, Brighton take on Fulham. Fulham. I'm going to say draw again. Uh, three o'clock, Chelsea versus Bournemouth. Oh, Chelsea. Chelsea. Palace versus Southampton. Palace. Palace. Everton versus Huddersfield. Everton. Everton. West Ham versus Wolves. Wolves? No, I think a draw. West Ham, for sure, you have to get a point at home. <laughs> what happened? Who was the team last year that got seven games without points? Palace. Very Palace. Uh, then, a half-five Saturday, Man City versus Newcastle. Man, Man City. City. Newcastle's team, just seated there on the weekend, just look like such a championship team. Although, they're nearly, they're nearly true with Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, Super Sunday, uh, half-one, Cardiff City take on Arsenal. Arsenal. Go Arsenal as well. Then, four o'clock, Manchester United are away to Burnley. Manchester United, I think they'll just win. Like, they, just, they can't, they can't, they have to like, show a performance after losing 3 0. I'm just going on to United. Uh, I'm going to pick United, and, but uh, not backing them at all. And then uh, 4 o'clock as well, Watford take on Tottenham. Ooh. Draw. No, I like, I like Spurs. I think Spurs will get the result there. Okay. And then, if you're really interested in football next Monday, international match Saudi Arabia take on Bolivia at 7 45. Who are you going oh, for? This? Definitely Bolivia, man. I'll go. They're so close to qualifying for the World Cup. I'll go Saudi Arabia 5-4 in the... Saudi Arabian Stadium of Nationality. <laughs> okay. So, guys, uh, thanks a million for listening to this week's show. If you like the show, obviously, give us a shout-out. Give us a heart on SoundCloud. Tell your mates. Screenshot it. Put it on your Instagram story. And as always, stay energised. <laughs>